Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Charlie, Charlie, can we play? Are you... (laughs) Huh? That's pretty pretty fun over the weekend when you come back and they have paranormal stuff on like all of the websites. <laughs> it's top news. Top news. Charlie, Charlie. My goodness. Yeah. You, um, it's always great when something, you know, instead of like a boxing match or anything like that, like it was the weekend before or when the, when the things trending on Twitter um, have to do with summoning a Mexican demon. <laughs> That's uh, that always makes my that always makes my post holiday my post holiday yeah. blues go away more quickly, especially after the long holiday weekend. You know, usually there's there's all kinds of news um, in the the depressing you know normal kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like seeing. a plane crash or somebody died or you know the usual crap shootings yeah, and so it's always nice when you have something weird instead. It I is think. so. D- did you have a good weekend? A good long weekend, Mike? I did have a pretty good weekend. Um, I mostly relaxed. And then we played on, on Sunday. We played at Broadfest. That's right. We did. In the pouring, in the pouring rain. <laughs> it was definitely not our year for um, weather. But it was still a really fun show. And, and shockingly, people actually were there standing in the rain. Yeah, I was, watching, surpri- so. I was surprised about that. Because it, I don't know. If it was... Um, if it was not my band, I don't know if I would have been there. You know, I'd have been like, you know, it's a lot night. But I, I ran outside that day. I ran a half marathon outside that day in the, wow. um, in, in the rain, and it was really unpleasant. Yeah, so, but it wasn't that cold, though. I mean, the temperature was no warmer than usual. I yeah, guess. it was in the mid-60s, so it wasn't bad. So, no, it, yeah. it, was, I mean, it was coming down like we were cursed. Yeah. It was coming down like I thought it was going to be the flood. Like I saw, I guess I saw somebody with uh, take, trying to take two of each animal into the Wienermobile at Broadfest. Cats and dogs, cats and dogs. Yeah. So uh, no, but it was all right. So that part of it was good, and um, that was my favorite part of the weekend. I think was performing at, at Broadfest and and giving all those people a little taste of sunspot in the rain. Yeah, my favorite part too. So, but it, it's always nice to have a, a long weekend. Yeah, you know, and I, I was hoping to see some paranormal stuff too, because on Friday, um, after I, I I filled in for a band on Friday uh, at Broadfest, and then afterwards I went across the street to uh, actually work on some podcast stuff, and I went to a place called the Wonder Bar in Madison. Oh yeah, the Wonder. And I've it's a eaten there before. Yeah, it's a steakhouse now or whatever. So I've, I'm not going to partake in that stuff, but. Um, what? Well, they they have other things besides steak there. They do. Too, they know. do. But, I mean, they have also have whiskey, which is what I had when I went. So I went over there, whatever. I was going to get some work, and I was in the corner of it in like the bar area. Um, and now the Wonder Bar has stories of it being uh, a speakeasy back in the 1920s, where people could come and get liquor during Prohibition. Now, for anybody international. Prohibition is uh, prohibition is the decade of the 1920s in the United States where alcohol was made illegal. So that's how gangsters made a lot of their money um, by 
selling out illegal alcohol. So the Wonder Bar was one of those places. And they've got little tunnels that go to the lake from the Wonder Bar that the gangsters used to use. That's cool. And so, you know, there's always the story that, oh, Al Capone used to come there. But because Al, Al Capone's from Chicago and Chicago's just a couple hours away from Madison. But that's any... Any bar that was a speakeasy during Prohibition or, you know, that was, uh, that was serving illegal alcohol during Prohibition will say that Al Capone came there. Yeah, that's you know, true. <laughs> every bar in Wisconsin is like, oh, you know, Al Capone used to come here during Prohibition because right, right, that's the only course. gangster name that we all know. And basically what Al Capone did was he bar hopped. Yeah. He went from one bar to the other and that's all he did. Right. Al Capone, he, he didn't do any gangster stuff. He just went on a pub crawl in Wisconsin. Um no. So, I mean, they had the stories of bootleggers and murders and bodies in the tunnels and all those kinds of things um, that come along with it. Uh, so the Wonder Bar is said to be haunted um, by some of these people that were murdered during Prohibition. Anyway, the most haunted thing for me was I couldn't pick up any Wi-Fi or LTE signal inside the bar. So I had to leave. So, <sighs> so that was the... Spirits, ha- maybe the spirits were messing with... The internet there. I think they were. I think that because they like because the guy was like, yeah, Wi-Fi never works in here. <laughs> and I'm like, huh. And I said, is it the ghosts? And then uh, he's just like, I don't know. And then, it, you know, like he didn't want to talk to me. Enthusiastic. <laughs> he knew I was leaving. He knew well, was maybe leaving. maybe we'll have to revisit that place and see if we can catch someone who either knows more about it or is a little more enthusiastic about the uh, yeah, history there. I, you know, I went there a couple years ago, too, and I asked... Um, I asked somebody working there and he's like, well, you know, I've been here a bunch of late nights and I've never seen anything. So mm. I think uh, the Wonder Bar in its present state is not as haunted as maybe it used to be. So okay. I, I went on a little paranormal investigation over the weekend in addition to our show. So it was uh, very fulfilling for me. Very nice. I, well, I eventually just went to the, um, the Coliseum Bar and then I just saw a bunch of ghosts of douchebags. Pretty much playing volleyball at that Except place. Except they weren't ghosts. They weren't ghosts. They were alive and douchey in real life. Man, it was full of them. Uh, it was just... Right. Was, well, wow. that's, that's lovely. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, that special moment okay. with us. Okay. So anyway, um, also, hey, Friday, we had our biggest day for downloads of See You on the Other Side Yay. podcast ever. Thank you, everybody, for making yes. the podcast more and more successful every month. Um, Thank you. And thanks to the um, people that we've met through Twitter, too. We've been having lots of conversations with people and meeting some new friends. And that's really fun meeting people from all over the world, in fact. I mean, so. people are telling me their stories in direct messages. You know, I'll come out and be like, hey, you know, check out the po- I see you're interested in paranormal stuff. You know, here's something, you know, here's something you might that's like. Cool. And then people will be like, oh, my God, you got to hear about what happened to me. And so every morning I wake up and there's like a few messages of people like, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I saw this weird stuff in my house. My sister was possessed. And I'm like, no, you probably just had a fight with your sister. And um, it's just a, it's a real fun thing. So all our new friends and people listening, thank you very much. And a great way uh, to help us out would be to leave a review on good old iTunes. Yeah, that's right. I know. And it, it seems like when you hear people asking, oh, can you can you leave a review? It sounds like it would be kind of a hassle, but it's actually really easy if you um, have the iTunes app on your computer. Yeah. I think you might be able to do it on your phone too, but um, you just but there's a link on our website, othersidepodcast.com, where it says subscribe in iTunes. Click on it, and then 
open it up in iTunes, and there you will find the uh, leave a review spot. Yeah, and the more uh, the more reviews you leave, the more fun people that we get to meet on the See You on the Other Side podcast, and um, we just appreciate that. So, you know, please leave a review because that really helps us out. Yes. Yeah, so thanks. All right. So I, next. I'd like to ask Charlie, you know, we should be asking Charlie Charlie uh, what he thinks of the podcast or, or if he'll leave a review himself after this episode. Yeah, it has to be a yes or no him. question. We can't ask him like questions that require sentences, but, but yeah, we can ask him if he would leave a review. Yes. Charlie Charlie, are you here? Will you leave a review? Um, okay, so anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, or if you haven't been at your computer in a couple of days, or um, I mean, obviously, it must be a slow news week, because if you go Time Magazine, The Washington Post, The London Guardian, the um, CNET, MTV, I mean, everybody's had stuff about the Charlie Charlie game this week. Um, and, and what is the Charlie Charlie game, Mike? Okay, well, th- this is what people have been doing. Um, <laughs> is that you take a, a, a piece of paper, loose leaf construction paper, doesn't matter what, piece of paper, and then you make a, a cross on it. Not like a, not like a holy cross. You just cross two, you know, two lines. And so you have four, um, you have four quadrants. And okay. upper left goes yes. Upper right is no. Lower left is yes. Lower right is no. And then okay. you, you take two pencils and then you put them perpendicular in the middle of the, on that piece of paper. Okay, so you, you place one pencil down and then the other one on top of that pencil, right? Mm-hmm. Like a compass kind of, like a... Yeah. And then you, and then you use, do this with another person and then you both sit at the board and go, Charlie, Charlie, can we play? And, and then? And then all of a sudden the pencil will move somewhere and if it moves to yes then you can start asking charlie questions oh okay all right i was gonna say so what happens if he says yes then do you like invite him over schedule a a play date right (laughs) can we play it's like yeah charlie's like i'll meet you in the sandbox the sandbox of death no then it's basically you're 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 to the ouija board thing except there's no alphabet it's just yes and no yeah it's just yes and no so it's and it's charlie answering the questions not not just any given yeah, random so spirit or demon that you find. It's basically like twenty questions with a Mexican demon. Um, okay. Or or the magic eight ball. It's the magic. It's like the magic eight ball. You know, because you can put yes, yes, no, no. You can put all signs point to yes. Not like you know, you can do what you want. But um, all right. So what what people were doing was uh, I mean, so this one girl last week did a a a, a thing on Vine. And what she did was she did the whole thing, and then all of a sudden the pencil moved to yes. She gets up, freaks out, runs away, and then hashtag Charlie Charlie Challenge. Okay? So that was the thing, and that's when everybody started. The hashtag did it. The hashtag did it, because then everybody started playing the pencil game, put the pencil on top of each other, and uh, then when the pencil would move, they'd get up, freak out, run like it's you know it's grown men screaming i don't know if they're grown men, but there's men screaming um freaking out because the pencil moved as soon as they asked charlie if they could play and it's pretty funny too because if you i mean you google this and there's like a million videos of people like 
getting the smack scared out of them. Like uh, some of them are memes and they're, they're intentional and you know, but right. it's, it's pretty entertaining. So, um, and, and, and the best part is, is that, um, you know, people are talking about like, this is some kind of, uh, you know, old tradition or things like that. And, and, you know, mm. playing this game and, you know, they're trying to actually summon a spirit and everything. And, um, well, let's get into that because the real story is not quite as spooky or mystical oh. um, as the game. So, I mean, it's, the Charlie Charlie Challenge is pretty fun. And watching people freak out. I mean, that, the real thing is watching people freak out. It's, <laughs> go ahead. It's, it's, it's a fact of life. It's hilarious seeing other people get scared. It's such a horrible thing yeah. <laughs> when it happens to you. But it, seeing it happen to someone else is funny. Well, I mean, I think that, about... Does the, that make me a bad person? I, I think that... <laughs> no, it doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, I don't... Well, whatever it makes you... I don't put value judgments on your opinions, Wendy. So. But I mean, everybody... See, that's why these things are popular is because the humor of seeing somebody, you know, jump up in fear or scream or, you know, fall off their chair or whatever the... Yeah, it's like the ice <laughs> bucket. Is. The ice bucket challenge last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make a video in 10 seconds of doing something stupid and then uh, you can post it right away and so you do it when you're bored and these you know teenagers had a day off and uh i mean i mean we say teenagers but i would totally do the charlie charlie challenge you know anytime but well, i've got a ouija board to handle that mike i think um what we should do is we should each try we should video ourselves doing the charlie charlie challenge and post it on the um show notes sure which I, would be at othersidepodcast.com slash 41. Yes. So we will put videos of, of us trying the Charlie Charlie Challenge. <laughs> I got to see if I have pencils. Um, oh, yeah. Who has pencils? Right. Pencils. It's have, like, come on. I have mechanical pencils. I'm, I mean, mechanical pencil might work. But it has the little, like, the pocket holder thing that would keep it from rotating, I would think. Well, not in the middle. Okay, give it a try. We'll give it a try and see what happens. I might have to use <laughs> whatever pens utensil that I stole. we have. I might have to use pens that I stole from a bank. You know, I'm trying to think of the stuff I have here. I mean, I maybe have a couple of pencils. Um, otherwise, I think the only time I even use pens is to sign checks. And if I yeah, not that I'm not that I'm just all cash and checks all the time. Like that's that's what I do, y'all. Cash you just checks. Just have a big wad of wad of money to carry around everywhere. Yeah. Oh, speaking of checks. Um. Here's something funny, and, and I, I wanted to mention this really quick before we get onto some more Charlie Charlie stuff. Okay. But okay. Um, speaking of checks, let's my let's go to my other job at Broad Jam real quick, which is a, a music company, and I, I write a little bit of um, a music newsletter every day, and I find a quote about music that I use. Yesterday, I used a quote from Martin Luther. Martin Luther was the guy that. Um, uh, the start of the Reformation, Protestants, um, basically he started the, the split from the Catholic Church of the rest of the Christian denominations in Europe in the, 15, in the 1400s. Okay, I use a quote from Martin Luther, and the idea was that he said that, you know, if you don't like music, then you must be in league with the devil. Right? So he writes that kind of thing. And it was just, you know, just one of those things saying he loves music so much that, you know, you have to, if you don't like music, you must be in league with the devil. Anyway, somebody emails me this morning and says, I can tell you right now, as a theistic Satanist, that the Mm -hmm. devil 
loves music. You couldn't be any more wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm just like, I, first of all, I, and I thought it was interesting because we talked about Satanism a lot. And, and as an atheist, uh, as an atheist thing, like the people don't really believe in Satan, they believe in self-determination. This guy is a theistic Satanist and actually uh, worships the, like the devil as in believes in the devil. So I'd never, I'd, I don't know, I'd never talked to a theistic Satanist before. Well, there you go. Now we have a, a, a resource. <laughs> right. So when we actually talk about theistic Satanism, I'm going to get him on the air. I just thought, I just thought that was interesting. And I, it just happened to me like an hour and a half ago. So I, I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure I, I brought that in. Um, and speaking of Satanism, that is what people are saying that the Charlie Charlie game is. Okay. Right. Now we think of it as a pretty silly game as like a magic eight ball with pencils. Um, but the Catholic priest issues urgent warning over dangerous demonic summoning game. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. This is, uh, it's a a Catholic school, um, in Philadelphia. Father Stephen McCarthy appears to have told pupils there was no way of knowing what would happen if they decided to invite a Mexican ghoul into their home. (laughs) Now, first of all, we know what a ghoul is. A A ghoul is something that eats human flesh and charlie charlie there's no reports of him eating anybody so far anyway they, use, they misuse that word yes this um the, the the mirror in the uk misused the word the letter says there is a dangerous game going around on social media which openly encourages impressional young people to summon demons i want to remind you all there is no such thing as innocently playing with demons Please be sure to not participate and encourage others to avoid participation as well. The problem with opening yourself up to demonic activity is that it opens a window of possibilities, which is not easily closed. Okay. Okay. So if you go to uh, St. John Newman and Maria Goretti Catholic High School in Philadelphia, you should not be playing the Charlie Charlie Challenge because... Uh, your priest will be disappointed in you. And, uh, you know, and that kind of, the, the exorcist, you know, they play with the Ouija board and that's their first contact with the demon Pazuzu. So I guess this priest maybe just watched the exorcist and he's afraid, well, he's afraid for those kids. I was going to say, I mean, that, that does seem like a, a fair warning for uh, some of the, <laughs> the sort of like the innocent portal to the other side uh, types of games. I mean, this game just seems to me to be more of a kind of like an attention getting kind of funny. Right. It's not like a bunch of kids hovered in a dark room with candles lit and a Ouija board. You know, it's like. Yeah, that's how I like to play. They're sitting at their laptop and they've got the webcam on and they're like, let's try to float. But but that's not to say that, you know, you couldn't accidentally summon somebody. I I don't know. Well, okay. We got a guy named L.A. Marzulli. And Mm -hmm. um, this is... uh, a little Charlie Charlie challenge from the, the Christian perspective. And he's, I mean, he was writing about it and this came out, you know, yesterday. And this character, he's like, well, the Bible says in uh, Timothy 4, the spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things talking about demons. And he starts, you know, he starts talking about how The hippies left their Christian roots in the 1960s and began to seek the wisdom of the occult in India and the New Age. 
And so it's no surprise this latest occult activity has overtaken our young people. And he, here's his warning. Make sure your kids and grandkids understand that by engaging in this quote-unquote game, they are using the same techniques occultists have used for thousands of years. They are opening themselves up to interdimensional entities, i.e. demons, which I believe are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim destroyed in the flood of Noah. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So, uh, that's... Mike, your, your voice impression it makes it hard to, to listen to that and not... <laughs> and not think it's ridiculous? Laugh. Well, he's saying the demonic is real and the prophetic warning should be headed, heeded to the utmost. Have your kids learn about putting on the armor of God. And if they are confronted with this game, have them rebuke it in the name of Jesus and leave the area. Okay. So he believes that even if like just the kid has no idea at all, like the demon can jump, jump through the portal or whatever. And right. That just, that's them or something just by opening yourself up to okay. the possibility of speaking to the other <laughs> side, you make yourself, um, you make yourself susceptible to, satanic powers demonic powers coming into your life and you know that's that's not necessarily that far from the way pop culture you know portrays a lot of these things that you know i mean parker brothers was selling last year a ouija board that was pink for girls so a pink ouija board they've got like glow in the dark ouija. <laughs> wendy would you be interested in a pink ouija board was that no <laughs> Uh, I don't necessarily want any Ouija board, but the fact that they're like styling it and marketing it that way is, is insane. Well, I, th- I mean, who plays the Ouija? I mean, it's, it's adolescent girls. I mean, yeah, they love it. True. They love, I mean, I remember like you, sometimes you do it with your guy friends. Um, but most of the time when you do the Ouija board, it'd be at a party with girls. Like always, like, right. for like in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. Um, it would be like, let's bring out the Ouija board and, and talk. Interesting. So when's the, uh, when's the, do you remember your first experience? Did you ever do that? Like when in seventh grade, what was your first oh, time yeah. like? Well, we've talked about this before, um, that we, my sister and I, when we were kids, we owned the Parker brothers Ouija board. I don't remember where we, it, it was at somebody's house that we first saw it, but, um, we thought it was so cool and fun. So we got one. Right. And you didn't have, but did you, I mean, I guess we should talk about this in a Ouija board. Yeah, we should. We, we okay. need to. We need to defer that. We'll put okay. that in the parking lot. It's just come back to it. I wanted episode. right. I wanted to start talking about that because, I mean, first of all, I mean, I think we know what the the explanation for most of the time when when people are freaking out, um, and the pencils are moving. Um, I think we can. I think we can talk about it as not necessarily a supernatural force, but the most powerful force in the universe. Um, gravity. So that's, I mean, people are putting the pencils on top of each other well, and gravity is kind of moving the pencils to one way or the other. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's what all the, I mean, when people are, are talking about it um, and, and the pencil game, uh, people are just saying, well, it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's gravity is, what, is what's causing it. And it, it really comes from this, uh, this game called the, pen, the, the Pencil Game, or Six Pencils. And, and Six Pencils is played a little differently, um, where people take... So you, you get two people facing each other, and each person holds three pencils in their hand and arranges them as three sides of a box. Wait, 
how do you do that in your hand? What do you? Well, you take both hands. Uh-huh. And so let's say you and I are, are standing across from each other, and I've uh-huh. got I've got a pencil oh. in each hand and a pencil across the middle. So it's like I am forming the the. I'm forming one end of a box, and you are forming the other end of a box. Okay, so it's a square, not like a 3D, like a cube that you're forming. Yes, you're forming a square. Okay, that's right. Okay. I, I said box, and I, I can see why box would make you think the three dimensions Yeah. Okay. Um, right so, away. So then uh, you, the pencils move inward. The answer is yes. If they move outward or down, the answer is no. So... Um, Kids have been playing. I mean, when I just looked at Pencils.com, Pencils.com has the pencil game Charlie Charlie. And that's not from this week. This is from, I mean, they put it up earlier. And this is really funny because I was just the other day thinking about pencils. I don't even know why, but, um, and how I was like, I wonder if pencil production has just dropped dramatically, you know, because of more modern sure. <laughs> pens and and then of course the, the smartphones and the computers and people doing less writing because when we were kids we had to have like a whole you know batch of pencils yes. for school Absolutely. and a sharpener and um i was just thinking the other day like wow i bet the production's way down on that but now with all this this charlie charlie stuff maybe the <laughs> right the pen i mean the pencil pencil companies <laughs> love it like yeah, yeah can we i would make a charlie charlie commercial if i were a pencil <laughs> company if i was the number two company or whatever I know, I know. Number two is the kind of pencil. It's not the pencil company. But if I, if I was a pencil company, I would um, be encouraging people to play the Charlie Charlie game. I would make my own. And I'd be like, you can, the only way you can summon demons is with our pencils. Um, all right. So when people play the game, um, you, know, it, it's, you know, it's, the thing is you got these pencils in your hand and they're loose and everything. And, and well, they're just moving around, you know. Mm-hmm. You're trying yeah. to hold something steady and you right. can't always do that. And you're trying to hold your hand in one position with a partner and things, you know, things will move. And, um, you know, they play this in Mexico and I've seen a whole bunch of comments from people who are Mexican like, oh yeah, the pencils game, you know, and it's not, it's not necessarily a demon. I mean, I think the people are just saying that it's a Mexican demon because first of all, the game started in Mexico, but, or I mean, that game is, you know, played a lot down there. But the idea is, if you were trying to contact somebody actually Mexican, it wouldn't be Charlie. You wouldn't be like, Charlie's not a Mexican name. You know, <laughs> you'd be, it'd be like, Carlito, Carlito, oh, is what you'd gosh. say, you know, or Carlos, Carlos. You know, it would not be Charlie, Charlie. And so, that's funny. So that's, that's the funny thing about it. So, um, yeah. So, but, and, and uh, traditionally, now, the idea of where Charlie came from, and this is kind of sad, is that, you know, kids were saying, and this is actually, you know, that back in 2010, I found a Yahoo Answers about it, where they're like, well, yeah, Charlie's the spirit of an of abused child. Oh, that's terrible. Who ended up committing suicide. Oh, and so, right, so that's the, you know, so Charlie's that's the spirit really that you're trying to contact, and then if you don't... You know, you have to say, you start with, oh, with Charlie, Charlie, can we play? And then to end the game, you have to say, Charlie, Charlie, can we stop? And you have to drop the pencils. And if you don't he say, no. and if you don't say, Charlie, Charlie, can we stop? Well. He stays with you. Charlie, Charlie will hang out with you. Oof. And what so. he says no when you ask him if, if we can stop? 
Um, I, you know, I, I, I haven't. Some people, you know, I haven't. Uh, I haven't encountered the people with Charlie. Charlie said no, or yeah. they didn't drop the pencils. But, um, you know, they recommend on pencils.com. It says don't, you know, don't try this with children who are prone to nightmares or kids with the kind of imaginations that'll have them see Charlie's ghost in their closet until they're eighteen. <laughs> um, so that's. I mean, so this is kind of an an older kind of game that people have been playing. Uh, and it's been around for a while, and there's nothing particularly demonic about it. It's just they're trying to contact this this spirit of a and you know and kids will always you know add something you know they'll add a a ghost or a, and what I think is interesting is that you know like Charlie's a the, why would a ghost of an abused child be more likely to answer your questions about the <laughs> <Right>. future? <laughs> he just happens you know? to be an expert. Right. Like, why would, I mean, and I just think that's interesting. It's just because he's talking to you for the other side. And, and, I, and, and I think that's one of the, you know, when you explain it and you explain gravity and, you know, why are, why are teenagers particularly interested in these kind of games? And I want to start talking about some of these other games and their expression in pop culture um, next. Like, now that we've, we've kind of talked about the Charlie Charlie game, like, why do teenagers love paranormal things? They really do. Like I loved they it. Sure I do. I still love it. But when you, you know, um, wh- why do teens love paranormal things? And you know, there was a uh, there's a good article about this, um, and actually, uh, in at Fusion.com, they talked to a uh, a scientist, like a neuroscientist, um, who. You know, Stephen Schlotzman, he's a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, and why the teenage brain so readily embraces spooky stuff. And he talks about, quote, you hit this adolescent stage and it's exciting because suddenly the world is full of conflicting ideas, whereas before it's straightforward. Um, so your brain starts changing when you get into adolescence. Obviously, your brain starts changing, but um, it's, it's how your brain is changing. So for the first, um, the first time, their brain is allowing them to think about the way they think. As your brain gets bigger, you're able to hold on to multiple ideas at the same time, which is actually one of the definitions of the adolescent brain, this idea of recursive thinking and your ability to say, I know that he knows that she knows. So before adolescence, they're more egocentric and you can't see things from other people's perspective. But when you get into adolescence, as your mind starts shifting, as you start learning about how other people are thinking, then you start thinking, well, maybe ghosts are real. Maybe that voice I heard in the middle of the night wasn't just the house settling. That's, that's some of the things that, that he says. And they want to feel danger without actually being in danger. And the supernatural offer, offers them a way to do something dangerous to get them in that without actually being in a fight or flight situation. So... I thought that was an interesting kind of thing, like, why do we love the Ouija board, and why do we love, oh, Bloody Mary, and things like that. So, Wendy, did you ever play Bloody Mary? Yeah, I did. Uh, that was another popular thing to do when, at slumber parties, and um, it, one of those things where when you're a kid, you, your imagination goes wild because you're in the dark. Well, let's, let's explain quickly what it is, or at okay. least... The rendition that I did when I was a kid was, you know, we'd get a bunch of people and we'd go in, in the bathroom or wherever there's mirror 
and shut the door and have all the lights out. And then uh, we would chant. What was the chant, though? I can't remember it. (laughs) I think it was like, I believe in Bloody Mary or something like that. I just thought thought you said Bloody Mary's name three times. Oh, maybe that is it. So you're saying, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Ah! Right. And then you're staring at the mirror and supposedly she should appear in the mirror. But the thing is, when you're in the dark room and there's no light... And everybody's anticipating something really scary to happen. Like your imagination goes crazy. And um, sometimes that's enough to make people freak out before they even get the chance for her to appear. <laughs> right. So they run away so, before Bloody Mary even shows yeah. up. So it's just kind of one of those fun little things to do. I, you know, I think it's interesting. I'm looking right now at a uh, Halloween greeting card from the early 20th century. Okay. And it's got a woman staring into the mirror. And it says, on Halloween, look in the glass your future husband's face will pass. And so originally there's a a ritual where young women walk up a flight of stairs backwards while holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. Right, it was dangerous. But if you want to see your future husband's face, that's what you got to do. As they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. There was, however, a chance that they would see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper. And that means they were destined to die before they got married. Whoa. So, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a nice spooky one. And that's a, I'll say, you know, that's a, that's a totally spooky one. But today it's like they're supposed to, you know, see the, the Bloody Mary apparition and she's either a witch or a ghost or a corpse. And like, or it's, it's a girl covered in blood. And, um, you know, I always thought Bloody Mary was a, a good and spooky game. Always ridiculous. Never one of those like, oh, yeah, I really think I can see Bloody Mary um, because it almost, you know, it always seemed a little, little silly. Well, and it does. It does sound silly now, but it's it, actually I mean, I remember being at those parties and being just terrified. <laughs> like people freaking out. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you, people when you're kids and you, these rumors go around, oh, so and so did this and th- this happened. And so you, you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen when we go in there and turn the lights out and. And then, of course, there's always somebody who's going to mess with you and, right. oh, yeah. you know, either try to tr- try to fake something, you know, to scare everybody or try to you goose goose somebody like in the middle of, the <laughs> you know, um, chanting. And so, well, I, you know, I think it's it's funny when they taught that, you know, like oh, that story that, you know, it's you're conjuring Mary Worth, who was a witch that lived over 100 years ago. Or a local woman involved in a fatal car accident and her face was horribly scarred before she died. Um, or it's a, you know, it's a beautiful girl who, you know, who was horrifically scarred and, um, and then murdered. And then she's, you know, she wants to take vengeance upon the living for what happened to her. And, you know, all, all this stuff is, uh, and, and the first, I mean, they first started talking about Bloody Mary in the 1960s is when the, that particular urban legend of, of Mary, Bloody Mary showing up, um, where it comes from, where you're not just seeing the face of your future husband, but you're, you're seeing a, a crazy apparition. And, um, you know, kind of like, and I think it's interesting because it's, it's kind of like the, uh, well, that Charlie is a, is a boy who was abused and killed himself, um, that kind of stuff, it's, it's not very empathetic 
towards other human beings. Like you're trying to conjure someone who's had tragedy happen to them, and then yeah. you're projecting that because of this tragedy happening to them, they want to just take vengeance upon all the living. So instead of saying like, you know, Bloody Mary, I feel super bad for you, um, or Charlie, Charlie, sorry that right. your mom, sorry that your mom beat you or whatever, you're, you know, you're like, oh my God, we're gonna. It, that's a very kid and teenage thing to do I think is that the idea that if tragedy befalls you or these horrible things happen to you instead of feeling bad and being sympathetic and empathetic and feeling those emotions of another person you're feeling like now you're scared yeah you're you're feeling scared of them you're feeling like really sad the only way to react to tragedy is through vengeance and I think that's a that's a particularly teenage kind Mm. of I kind see. Of, that makes sense. Kind of thing uh, ah. for, for people to feel. Um, so anyway, Bloody Mary, uh, you know, she's fun. And, and of course, there is a historical Bloody Mary who, I mean, was the daughter of Henry VIII and, and Catherine of Aragon. And um, so, I mean, without getting into the whole history of, of uh, Henry VIII, just know that uh, Bloody Mary, we talked about Martin Luther before, she was trying to reconcile the Catholic Church with uh, the Church of England after her father uh, went away from the church. And because of she was trying to bring those, you know, bring the Catholic Church back in, she killed a lot of people. And so it's just part of those religious wars of the Middle Ages. And, um, you, know, you know, Queen Mary killed a lot of people, and so she was known as Bloody Mary in that whole specific thing. And she also had some stillborn kids, you know, some, some, you know, some children and that didn't uh, survive. And that's why in some of the Bloody Mary rituals, it's like, Bloody Mary, I stole your baby, goes with the chant. It's so horrible. Yes. And, you know, these are uh, teenage girls singing Bloody Mary, I stole your baby. And that's why she shows up, because she's trying to get back at them for, uh, you know, for, for having those kind of things happen to herself. Um, you know, we also have uh, in Japanese urban legends, a woman coming back as a malicious spirit. The uh, Kukisaki Ona, the slit-mouthed woman. I I don't know if I'm saying that right. Or Kushisaka Ona. And, um, you know, that's something that, that, like, spread (laughs) spread panic because uh, children walking alone at night may encounter a woman wearing a surgical mask. And that's not that weird in Japan because people wear surgical yeah. masks all the time like on public transportation or because they don't want to spread colds and things like that mm-hmm. the woman will stop that child and ask am i pretty if the child answers no the child is killed with the pair of scissors which the woman carries if the child is answers yes the woman pulls away the mask revealing that her mouth is slit from ear to ear and asks how about now so basically you it's a lose-lose situation although you know the, the killing is much worse than the the terror Right, struck deep in here, and so I mean, but, when she, you know, th- that mouth slid from ear to ear, like the gosh. like the like the Joker in um, the Dark Knight, like Heath oh Ledger's gosh. character in the Dark Knight. So that's, I mean, so that story of a vengeful woman, you know, vain, worried that's about horrible. her beauty and things like that. I mean, that kind of gets at, first of all, um, well, our ideas about femininity, like you know what. Bloody Mary feels like she has no worth if she's not pretty. And, you know, Kuchisaki Ona. I don't, I'm butchering that Japanese. I know I speak no Japanese whatsoever. Even, no, I think I it's mean, perfect. 
my uh, my Japanese begins and ends at Omomorigato, Mr. Robato. Oh, man. And, or Sayonara. I know that one, too. So, I mean, it's an awesome language. I mean, I've watched plenty of Japanese movies and all that Godzilla stuff, but... Uh, it's okay, Mike. Okay. All right. I just, I hate, I feel bad always butchering, but um, so that's, you know, that, that same kind of thing, even across cultures, that the vanity of the woman causing her to be vengeful and... Um, you know that's whether you know that that's good or bad in in culture. It's something that that people think about. Um, so anyway, so that's a you know that's a, a little bit. And there's also games like Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board. Did right. you ever play that one? I played that mm. one. It never really worked. We did that, it. <laughs> that was another popular uh, slumber party game. Or or anytime like there's a big event and you know like a barbecue or something like that, all the kids mm-hmm. gather gather together in the basement and play and. Um, that's another thing that everybody would do. So, so um, if you guys have, can you exp- why don't you explain Lettuce of Feather stuff as a board real quick? Yeah. So, uh, from what I remember, the way that we played it was one person would would lay down on the floor, um, and they'd like cross their arms over their chest, kind of like a dead body, <laughs> I guess, like a corpse in a in a okay. coffin or something. Okay. And close their eyes, and then um, everybody would, you'd have five or six people around them, and they would take like one or two fingers of each hand and put it like underneath the person. And then everybody would start chanting light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board. board. Yeah. Sorry. Light as a feather. You get it. I'm getting excited here. Start chanting it together. And then like, as you slowly, as you're chanting, you slowly, everybody starts lifting their hands up. And though the theory is that you're, you're, the person's kind of sort of floating you're not really using your fingers to lift them. They're, you're just kind of assisting with the mm-hmm. <laughs> the process. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I never really, I didn't really get into that. I didn't think it made too much sense. And I didn't really understand, like, what are we making the person lighter or what? <laughs> right. But but that was the whole, the, the whole thing is that the power of everybody, like, chanting and focusing on it somehow made it so that the person kind of levitated, I guess. Yeah, I always thought it was an interesting game, and, and like the, every, everybody's sitting around chanting it, and the, and the person, you know, you say they put the thing, their arms over their chest, like a, like in a coffin, and um, anyway, it's I never, I know it's pretty weird, but the thing is, when you get like eight people around it, you know, you're lifting somebody up, it's like, well, they are pretty light because eight people are lifting them up at the same time. And you're you're little, like you're a kid, so you don't weigh very much. <laughs> right. Some you know, eighty pound twelve year old is a lot easier to lift than, you know, like me right now, where I'm double yeah. the weight and three times the age. I never believed it because I always thought that at least one or two people were cheating and using their whole hands. Because a lot of times they'd have everybody close their eyes or, you know, and there there'd be one right. one kid's always like the leader, you know, so they'd be the one that would kinda give the cue when it was time to lift. And I just I didn't believe it because you know, with your eyes closed, for all you know, like two of the people could be in cahoots and just lifting the person. Anyway, I'm a cynic. Yeah, no, <laughs> I guess I no. always have been. But, um, but anyway, so. But I don't okay. know the story behind that. It's such a strange thing. Like, well, you know, I don't. Um, I'm not quite sure either. But this is a super interesting, uh, a piece of history from it. So there's this guy named Samuel Pepys, and he basically is. Uh, the supposedly the I mean he's the greatest English diarist of all time. I mean he he did this diary for like ten years where he just uh, completely detailed his life. 
you know, in his, in his, in a lot of detail. And so you read, did, was he interesting? Like, did, did he do cool stuff? That was, <laughs> he was a Naval administrator. So okay. he saw a lot of different things and he met a lot of different people. I mean, he wasn't like the world's most interesting man, but he certainly did some interesting things and met some people and just daily life okay. in the 1660s is what made him interesting. Cool. So, okay. During a plague outbreak in the 17th century, he uh, was talking with one of his friends, and he reported that he saw four little girls, very young ones, all kneeling, each of them upon one knee, and one begun the first line, whispering in the ear of the next, and the second to the third, and the third to the fourth, and she to the first. Then the first begun the second line, and so round quite through, and putting each one finger only to a boy that lay flat upon his back in the ground, as if he were dead. At the end of the words, they did with their four fingers raise this boy as high as they could reach. And they were using it as a protection against the plague. And then they chanted something along with the performance. And I think this is in um, either French or Latin, but here is, the, uh, here is the translation. Here is a dead body, stiff as a stick, cold as marble, light as a spirit. Lift yourself in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, that's French. I'm just looking at the, the thing. Looking at the thing, yeah. So, that, mm. so they, said that, they said that in French. And, um, you know, they were playing this and they were kind of using this as a blessing, as a protection against the plague. Wow. So I think that, yeah, so I thought that was a cool. So um, it's like, <laughs> like Ring Around the Rosie, you know, these things that were like such serious and, and terrifying and awful. And um, now, nowadays they're, they're games. Mm-hmm. It's just we, crazy. We play them. Um, we play them at parties. You know, right. it's a party, party levitation game. You know, it's not, uh, it's just some form of seance and stuff like that, but it's, it's so still, strange. I mean, even though that this is considered to be a, a Christian ritual in, in, in the 17th century, um, still some people think of it as, you know, they're conjuring a demon. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're conjuring the demon of a bunch of people lifting somebody, but that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty evil demon. Okay. Yeah. Now let's just talk about if you want to see a little bit of Bloody Mary, um, or, you know, st- these kind of games um, in pop culture. I mean, there's oh, a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can't, you know, you can't see it. There's a Bloody Mary movie um, from 2006 that's horrible. So don't, you know, don't worry about that. I think I watched about 15 minutes of it, and it's just one of those, like, <laughs> well, ever since the invented, you know, digital cameras and stuff like that, people have been making crap movies, like straight-to-Netflix ones. Um, but there's a there's a decent one called Urban Legend to the Legend of Bloody Mary, and um, that's one. Urban Legends is a uh, one of those like uh, postmodern horror movies that came about in the wake of Scream. Okay. And so like you know self reflexive like movies that you watch with a wink and um, uh, Urban Legend two, Bloody Mary is not a bad one, and and they actually um, those movies actually deal with Bloody Mary directly. And, you know, uh, they, you know they, they name her, you know, they call her out directly. I think uh, Paranormal Activity 3, the girls are playing Bloody Mary in that movie. Oh. And I've got a picture of you, Wendy, with a Paranormal Activity t-shirt. Oh, my holding goodness. From outside. old. From 2011, maybe, outside the frequency. Mm-hmm. And I was, that's because I was, that's contact, right. I was contacted by their press team to give out... Uh, paranormal activity 
uh, merchandise That's on funny. our tour on the on the Madison Ghost Walks um, paranormal activity. Uh, they were you know using like marketing with local ghost tours, and I thought that was fun. Um, there's an X Files episode with guest star Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, but a Ryan, what a stud! Who's gonna? Um, but there's an X Files episode where he, he guest stars in where um, there's a whole bunch of urban legends and, and teenagers are are killing each other, and Sisiji uh, is the name of the episode, and Sisiji. Um, <laughs> That it refers to an astronomical alignment of three celestial objects. And so the, the celestial objects go in alignment and um, this boy and this girl, it affects their like psychic powers. And so that's why they do, they're teenagers. And that's why there's a Ouija board in it. There's Bloody Mary and things like that. And then there are um, these teenagers doing nasty things to other teens in the town. And so that's where that kind of comes from. Uh, I think the you know the most direct, one of the most direct inspirations of Bloody Mary that's been really successful, is the Candyman. Do you ever see the Candyman, Wendy? Yeah, that movie is pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, it's totally scary, and you know that's kind of based on the Bloody Mary legend. I mean, Clive Barker made it up in a story called The Forbidden from his anthology, uh, The Books of Blood. And so, um, I mean, the Candyman was a little, I mean, the Candyman's a tall uh, black guy with a hook for a hand. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, he's terrifying, and, um, but, he's, but he's also very smart, and he's, you know, very well-spoken. And the whole story behind the Candyman is that uh, in, uh, in Chicago in the late 19th century, um, he was a painter, and he would paint uh, other, you, you know, he, he would paint people's portraits and uh, he's painting this woman's portrait, a white woman, they fall in love and the woman's father comes after him. You know, the woman's father cuts off his hand and then pours, like, pours honey all over him and he, gets stung, and he gets stung to death by bees. Oh my goodness, that's nasty. Right. And so then... That's really gross. That's why they, they call him the candy man because he's so sweet. Because he's the honey, you know, uh, over his body. Yeah. And, you know, that was, that was an interesting movie, too, because they made it an urban legend of uh, a Chicago housing project, Caprini Green. Right. Uh, a, famous, a famous housing project of being also, you know, like one of the toughest and, you know, cri- you yeah. know a lot of crime. And, and it was kind of a, you know, that was a cool movie because, number one, it also was showing, uh, you know, it was just the mo- the urban legend was created for the movie or anything like that, but it was showing it from a diff- different perspective. In that you know you have a, you know like an African American, you know that they were using an Af- urban legend and a lot of African Americans in the cast and also um, an African American lead actor as the murderer. Because right. in all- everything else, I mean Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees yeah. and all these other slashers um, were white guys. So it was, it was kind of, and you know, white guys, terror, you know, terrorizing suburban kids. And so I think it was fun to bring it and, uh, you know, bring in a different, a different culture and, and stuff like that into the slasher movies. And so the, I mean, and you, you conjured the Candyman by standing in the mirror, turning the lights off and saying Candyman five times. And, um, 
and then he would show up. And that's the urban legend behind the Candyman, which is obviously as Bloody Mary as you can get. Um, so that's, I mean, that's probably the most popular thing based on the Bloody Mary legend. And um, South Park has an episode where they conjure up, uh, instead of Bloody Mary, they conjure up Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> you say Biggie Smalls in the mirror three times and Biggie Smalls shows up. Nice. Yeah. and Good old South uh, Park. Yeah, good old South Park. And then on the opposite end, we have Beetlejuice. And so um, if you guys haven't seen Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is a bio-exorcist that he is a ghost that gets rid of living people for other ghosts. So let's say you're haunting a house and you want the people who are living in your house to uh, go away. You hire Beetlejuice to get rid of the living people. And you conjure up Beetlejuice by saying his name three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And then Michael Keaton shows up <laughs> at your house. Hey, baby. And, you know, our guitar player, Ben, man, he loved that movie, Beetlejuice. Yeah, that, that's he, a great movie. It's a classic. And they're, they're working Ryder. on a second one. Yep. Oh, Winona Ryder. You know, back when she was so, you know, she's so young. And then you, the thing is, I always think of Winona Ryder as Lydia from Beetlejuice. Or, you know, I think of her as yep. from Heathers or all these movies. And then when you see the last, I mean, the, the first rebooted Star Trek movie, Winona Ryder plays Spock's mom. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my what? God, Winona Ryder. Like, you know, you're, you're always 20 years old to me. And now, yeah. you know, she's got kind of little gray yeah. hair. And you're like, Winona Ryder's getting old. Holy crap. The movie stars kind of get, get frozen in time in your mind. Right. So, I, right. I always think of Winona Ryder as, you know, Lydia and this goth, everybody's favorite goth from the <laughs> 1980s. Um, besides Robert Downey Jr. in Back to School, he plays a great goth in that movie, too. But uh, anyway... Beetlejuice is another thing based on you're conjuring a spirit to show up, just like Charlie Charlie, just like Bloody Mary, just like the Candyman, and just like the Notorious B.I.G. Yes, that's right. So anyway, uh, that's just a a little history. If you're wondering all about Charlie Charlie, um, that's Charlie Charlie through the ages, you know, and the different games that people played uh, throughout time. And a little bit of history for you today before we come to today's song. Alrighty. So uh, here's Sunspot's version of Charlie Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, can you tell me if you're here? Oh, Charlie, Charlie, can you be my secret seer? Charlie, Charlie, what is the meaning of it all? Oh, Charlie, Charlie, what am I deserving of? Oh, Charlie, Charlie, will I ever fall in love? Charlie, Charlie, show me the writing on the wall. Are you the devil? Or are you just a soul who got lost along the way? A little game with the great unknown To play for what the future holds I'm frightened but I just can't look away So Charlie, Charlie, can we play? Charlie, Charlie, was your innocence destroyed? Oh, Charlie, Charlie, does it all come down to Freud? Charlie, Charlie, what is the meaning? 
for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Sizigi. Sizigi.